we love that. That brings joy to us. That back and forth. That just, you know, that's just what we like. So, you want to play that game? We can play that game. It's cool. You know, it's it's all it's all on in between the lines. Like we're we're competing for something huge. Like so, we're not. You know, it's never personal. I don't care who I'm talking to. It's just a person right here, and I'm just gonna say what I feel, and I'm gonna do what I feel too. And that's what they're gonna do. And we appreciate. Like you know, if you you bring it and we we on that, that's cool. But you know, what we look for that's what you saw happen. You saw ain't no running in the hill, man. We climb up the chimney. Yeah, for sure. We ain't ducking no fun, smoke, man. man. We're going to let everybody know we're here. We're going to play hard, trying to get a win. And if you don't like it, oh well. And you might as well bring it, so. You're going to cry what the baby's going to do. I'm done with all that bluffing on the court because them guys do a lot of bluffing, so, you know. I'm from the bluff city, man. We don't do no bluffing, man. Greetings Nation, what's good, what's good, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the No Bluffing Podcast. I am your host with my amazing co-host today. We got Miss Nicole and we got Luke. How y'all feeling? How y'all feeling? Feeling good, feeling good. Same here, coming off a dub, got a good cut today. I'm happy, I'm happy. (laughs) It could always make you feel different, don't it? (laughs) Yeah, even if she's lying and telling me I look good, I don't care. I do not care. Yep. Something about them razors and the and the, and the clippers going against the skin, bro. It just mm-hmm. makes you feel a little different. So, oh yeah, I'm all the way 100 on that one. I feel you. But uh, yeah, you came out for a win last night. Got a lot of good energy going on. As y'all know, we're recording this on Saturday. We've been releasing it on uh, Monday. I'm about to say the wrong day uh, to be coming out on Monday as usual. Uh, and so um, the Grizzlies just got done and playing a hell of a game last night. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. So before we get started, you know, I uh, wanted to bring up, because I know it's the end of the year, and they always do the year-end wrap-ups with music and stuff. You know, we a uh, Memphis team, you know, we, we cultured over here. You know, Memphis is the big Memphis theme and everything, you know, is based around music and the, and the, and the movement in other cities. So I uh, wanted to just bring a little music into the podcast today. And I know the year-end wrap-ups came out for – you know, uh, what songs and artists and albums and stuff that you've been listening to. And so we wanted to kind of just go around, man, to see the vibe of everybody, like what you listen to, uh, you know, whenever you're doing what you're doing, whether it be work or working out or just out with your friends. Um, so, look, we're going to start with you, man. Who is your top artist? Uh, you can go one to five, one to three. And then what were you like your top albums and top songs that you had um, to wrap up the year? Yeah, so my top three artists, number one was Kendrick Lamar. Two was, I'm going to call him Kanye West, and because whatever's happening now, that's not Kanye. I don't know what that is, because Kanye's dead. We're going to say Kanye's dead. The, yeah. His music was number two. <laughs> okay. And then The Four Seasons was number three, which I, I don't know what that's about. That I'm going to blame my dad on that one. Number <laughs> one song was Slow Jams from College Dropout with uh, Kanye... Twista and Jamie Foxx mm-hmm. and number one album was to pimp a butterfly. Okay. Can't argue with them. That's a good list. Like you said, uh, Kanye, RIP to him. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever get him back, but, uh, good musical, um, <laughs> good musical selection by him for sure. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Yep. That's yeah. I'm with you. 
And he makes some comfortable shoes too. I say that. Hell yeah. <laughs> if anybody out there that got Yeezys, but them shoes are comfortable as hell. I ain't gonna lie to you. But uh Nicole, what you got? Who was your top artist? Um, or I guess I, I can't say artist is that's not a word, but your top artist, top song, <laughs> top album for 2022. All right. So my uh top artist were number one was Dolph, number two is Key Glock, number three was Jeezy. Uh, okay. My number one album was A Goat and a Dolphin. It's a masterpiece collab from Glock and Dolph. I, okay. I adore that album. <laughs> and then my number one song was No Sense by Dolph. So yeah, you just all the way around Dolphed out. I feel that. You're my repping, favorite repping. album of last year, and I still played it a lot this year, but last year, like, I probably, I know we got everything MP3 now in our phones, so it's not CDs, but if it was a CD, like, that joint probably would have just burnt up or just unraveled. My, my a goat in a dolphin CD would have been burned by now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is probably my favorite album that's been released in the past four or five years. Honestly. I love Dumb and Dumber too. Like that was that was Dumb my... and Dumber comes in second for me. And then Rich Slave in third. I love Rich Slave from that Dolph. Like Dolph has not had a bad EP put out yet. Yeah. I can agree. I can just agree. Just to to keep doing that consistently, it's tough. Yeah, he was on a run, man. And then he got a new one coming out. Did anybody that's, you know, not tapped in or tapped in? I know he's got a, a, a post. Was it posthumous album coming out? Um, Post, pretty soon, posthumous. So. There you go. Perfect. There you go, Luke. Um, hey, if you listen to this, please stream these albums for Dolph. He did own his masters, so every yes. piece of money that you stream or buy from his merchandise stores goes straight to his family, to his yep. kids. To his fiance, I think it was his fiance or his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes straight to them. So please, please just do it, y'all. Respect the Memphis man. I mean, if he was here, he would love to see what the city is doing with the basketball and the culture, and he would be courtside every game. That would yes. be confirmed. So rest in peace, Dolph. Please stream his music, y'all. Support his family. There you go. There you go. We're just coming off the year anniversary of that situation. So Perfect timing to bring that up. R.I.P. Dolph, man. You got some big supporters over here at No Bluffing for sure. So, um, like I said, we got a lot of basketball stuff to get to. We just want to kind of talk a little music to get it popped off. But before we get into that, y'all know what's coming. Y'all already know what's coming. We got the news, the No Bluffing news with Nicole. I'm going to pass it to you. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. So, we got, uh, it's been a little slow news week. So, I decided to throw in a few different things. Uh, Coach of the month and player of the month for October and November. So respectfully, Monty Williams, Devin Book, Phoenix Suns, they both took coach and player of the month for October. And then for November, it's interim head coach Joe Mazzula and Jason Tatum from Boston. Shout out to them for November. Um, I mean, Book and Tatum put up numbers. I mean, both of them were... Basically looking the same, uh, Book had 29 points per game, averaged every game in the month of October, and Jason Tatum had 31. So they were they were on a roll. Congratulations to them. What do, how do y'all feel about that? Man, was it Book had uh, 51 points the other night in three quarters? He had a 50-burger in three quarters by himself. <laughs> like, that's – I think that alone, you just give it to him because of that. Like, that's that's – the dude is, and, and I was thinking about this. Booker, Book's not mentioning that. I feel like he gets kind of set aside. 
like when you talk about the guys, I don't feel like Book is in that conversation, and I don't get it. I, like I, I've I've always liked watching Booker play. I think it's because he got an old school game. Like watching the highlights of that fifty one piece that he put up in three quarters. Like if you watch it, it was so efficient. Like it wasn't nothing crazy. It was nothing flashy about it. But everything was coming from either him creating a three, him creating the uh, in the mid range, wide open, you know, pull up jumpers, or he was getting to the rim and everything was with ease it was nothing it just looked effortless and i think that's why he don't get like just the 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 looks and the and the promotion that other players like a john moran gets it because it's not a lot of flash at all but it's efficient and as long as his teammates helping out i mean they got a squad and then you got chris paul leading the ship man if you had Devin book on jesus christ <laughs> i definitely agree so shout out to d book and jason tatum uh, they're doing good things over there in Phoenix and Boston, respectfully. Yep. So next we got uh, Draymond Green has just been fined 25K for obscene language towards a fan during the Golden State loss on November 29th to Dallas. Now, the cool part about this is the fan found the Twitter, um, the Twitter news being broken about this. And he decided to reach out and he tweeted to Draymond that... If he wanted to match the 25K with him, he would put it towards an NBA charity or a charity of Draymond's choice because the fan felt like it was just all in fun. So this fan has donated 25K to Draymond's either NBA charity or the charity of his choice. And they're both going to match it. So a lucky charity is getting 50K because a fan just felt like it was unnecessary for him to be fined $25,000 for something he felt like was a joke. So I think that's pretty dope. That's super dope. I mean, I, I, for a second, I was finna say, a fan donated $25,000. But then I realized, go stay. That expensive arena and I, the ticket prices out there, they got the bread if they sit that close. So I get it. <laughs> but that's what I was thinking too. Sure. I, I was like, man, I wish I could do that. And I was like, oh, wait, they're courtsided Oracle. That's why. That's why. <laughs> yeah, so that was. It. That was pretty dope on that fan's part, um, him reaching out and going out of his way because he felt like it was just a joke. So mm-hmm. shout out to him and Draymond. Draymond is actually a good person off of the court. Y'all know how I feel about the Warriors, but he is a very great human off the court. He's one of the sweetest dudes, very charitable. We love that. So mm-hmm. shout out to Draymond. And I think it was a Dallas fan who he was arguing with because they were in Dallas. So, oh, okay. yeah, he was getting. Yeah, it was it was a little choppy. But it was funny, though, so that's a great thing. So the next three things are going to be Grizzlies-related. Our very own Ja Morant was fined $35,000 for confronting and using inappropriate language towards a game official and failing to leave the court in a timely manner following his ejection in the loss in Minnesota. Now, I just have to speak my little piece on this right quick. I feel like it was warranted. It was warranted because Dylan had been getting stupid calls all night. The Grizzlies had been getting stupid fouls all night, and you could see that they were sick of it. So Ja kind of looked at Dylan after he got ejected like, I'm saying something. Like, you my brother. I'm sticking up for you. I'm going to say something. So he went over to the ref, and he did get a little mouthy. Things are circulating on Twitter about what was being said. I'm not sure if that's what was said. I highly doubt it. But it's just the point that – these referees just they call bad games sometimes and this is like this is these dudes life so you're essentially playing with their life and their career every day 
So I feel like sometimes it's warranted and it's needed for these players to get a little choppy with them. How do y'all feel about that? 100%. Especially like they ejected him with one one tech, right? I didn't think you could even do that. Like yeah, I thought it you was had like two, two minutes left ejected. in the game too. And you have to have two techs before you're ejected. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, just Someone can correct out. me when I'm wrong. They just threw him straight out. That's the kind of sloppy game they were. Like they, the whistle was sloppy all night on that Timberwolves game, like all night. But that kind of that kind of shit is just like un, unacceptable. Like that's just a blatant disregard for the rules that you're supposed to be upholding. That's trash. Yeah, I'm with you. Like speculation, Ja. He, we, we don't know what he said. And the Ja Miranda, the Rev, ever come out and say it. The Rev, we know will never say. And with Jai, we may not hear it to either the offseason or we may not hear it to his career, but we don't know. But it's been a lot of <laughs> a lot of people speculated what Jai said was sassiness or he called him a sassy something sassy else. Sassy ass. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a lot of sassy. Now, he did say real. it was sassy on his Instagram story. He, he did say too. it was just sassy, but he didn't say anything else after that. I just yeah. wanted to make that 100% clear. He did say that. And y'all know he's one to speak out on it, so I don't I don't trust the things that's being said until it comes out of the horse's mouth. Yeah, these refs got to chill, man, because there's been a lot of just bad calls this whole year. And like you said, Nicole, at some point you can't say nothing about them in the media because they're gonna find you. So if you say something to them and get thrown out the game, they're gonna find you. Like, come on, NBA, like we got to get better rules with that. And then my thing is too, like, where is money going? Like, okay, you find them, but it's supposedly sure going them. to the NBA charity. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll see my lips on that one. <laughs> I know that's right. But uh, in good news, our top two is Desmond Bain is going to start being reevaluated next week, uh, probably Monday or Tuesday, to get a timeline for when he can come back. He was va- evaluated once and he wasn't ready. So he's going to be reevaluated again next week. And then, number one, Zaire is officially. In five on fives. His return is pending any week now, according to Taylor Jenkins. Uh, y'all know with Jaron, he was in five on fives, and then three days later, he was on the court. Mm-hmm. So Zaire's coming, and I'm excited. Desmond's coming, and I'm excited. It's time. That's all I got to say. It's time. Yeah. And I was getting nervous about Z because they hadn't said anything, like anything. It was crickets. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that out of nowhere, we just get these on. He's doing five on fives. It's awesome. I, I wasn't expecting that sort of good news. I think it more so had to do with like, is this, I feel like, and I, I may be wrong, but I feel like when it first got announced, I feel like they were saying they were taking it not day by day, but I don't even know if they said week by week, but they was just waiting on him to feel better. You know what I'm saying? So maybe he's he still growing. Been, yeah. <laughs> He's still growing. Yeah, he's still growing. And then the injury that he's dealing with is patellar tendonitis in his knee. So that's like the tendon between your knee bones in your shin. And it basically mm. is the tendon that keeps them from rubbing together when you walk, when you jump, you know, all of when you run. So that is that's something that Ja dealt with last year. That's why he missed all of those games. So it's something that we really have to be careful with with our athletes who are slimmer. Like they're, you know, they're smaller, like Jaw and Z is skinny. Like I love Z. I know he's put on weight, but he is still extremely slim, especially in his lower body. So mm-hmm. it's important for them to really make sure that this injury is healed. And I don't think a lot of people understand the extent of this injury. Yeah. 
Did he play? He played in preseason, right? Uh, he played in summer league, and it actually got worse. He was dealing with it during the off season, and he played in summer league, and it kind of re-aggravated it and made it worse. So he ain't played no preseason games. He didn't play oh, no preseason. Okay. No, he was okay. in summer league. Got gotcha. you. Okay. I know. Initially, they had him as a wrist injury too, right? And then it became the knees. Is that is that yes. what happened? It was the wrist, and then the knee flared up right after the wrist. Which man, I'm on the wrong side of 30, and getting out of bed hurts my knees. I, I can't imagine like when you're when you're growing and when you're physically when you're a physical monster. Like you got to take it easy. You got to. You know when it's raining, Luke. Can you feel it? Yeah, man. Yes, yes. But like two days, two days beforehand. I'm the same way. It's been like ever since I got my meniscus shaved, and I, that's why, like, with a lot of people, when they were talking about Jaren's whole situation. I knew wholeheartedly what he was going through because I got mine shaved and he didn't. So, yeah, I'm glad he didn't when, because I know what I'm dealing with right now. It's no fun. I, I tore mine a couple years ago and I, I didn't either. I let it just, I let it heal back the naturally. And man, I'm so so grateful I did. I wish I did. Trying to play football. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, uh, we appreciate you for that new segment and before we get started because I, I, I let y'all slip by without giving mine that's my bad my yearly wrap up was really weird so <laughs> <laughs> not really weird because it, it makes sense to me like I'm one of them people like I try to stay up on everything that's new and so the stuff that I really rock with I will go back but a lot of my stuff that I went back on didn't pop up back up except for a few um, but my number one was uh, Devin Morrison. If y'all haven't heard of him, he's a guy that like he's bringing back like that '90s feel. But most of his stuff is that I listen to is instrumentals while I'm working. So he was my number one. Blast was my number two. Uh, number three, Gracie's Corner. So if you got kids, you understand. <laughs> <laughs> Gracie Corner is she was number one on my wife's top and number three on my top artists of the year look Chris gracie's Brown. version of the wheels on the bus slaps okay hey they all slap i mean retweet, i've seen some retweet. people twerking around listening to, to some gracie corner if she have a concert i think we in there <laughs> you could be listening to baby shark man and that that'll make you blow your brains out so no, no, so no, you know you're you're in good hands i can't do it brother can't do it uh number four chris brown my birthday twin and then five drake uh, number six came out, yo, Gotti. I gotta add him because he's from the you know, uh, mm -hmm. top albums came after Before You Go by Blast, number two, CM10 by Yo Gotti, and three, uh, Breezy by Chris Brown. And the number one song was a fluke, so I'm not gonna even mention that song. I'm like, you no. know, I don't even know where that came from. I, me, it didn't go in my ears, so I don't know where that came from. So <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. I'm not even gonna mention that song, but uh. Yeah, man. Uh, we were talking about Z. We were talking about Desmond coming back. Uh, and we actually are going to get into that a little bit deeper here in a little bit. But before we do, um, like you said, we did play the 76ers last night. And uh, it was a homecoming for one of our beloved players, DeAnthony Milton. And uh, he didn't really have a great game, which I didn't expect him to because I just know the connection that he had with them guys. I think it was an emotional thing for him last night. Uh but to see them guys at the end, it made me feel whole. When they brought him in, they were just joking and dancing like he didn't even have on another jersey. Um, I think that made me feel better, you know what I'm saying, which I knew they wasn't going to, you know, disown him or nothing like that. But um, it was it was, it was was good and sad to see at the same time. But uh, 
in regards to D-Milk, man, obviously we traded him to bring in David Roddy. Um, and so what we want to just talk about today, a um, little bit about the game, about, you know, Melton's return, how y'all felt about it. Um, but then we'll get into a little bit deeper. So let's, let's just start right there. Seeing Melt come back with another jersey on, he ain't got zero, he's number eight now. But how did y'all feel with him coming back to the FedEx Forum for the first time? Uh, for me personally, I wasn't emotional. I knew it was a business move. Like, I love seeing Melt come back home because that is considered his home is Memphis. Those are his brothers regardless. They went through the mud together. But I really didn't get emotional. Like, I was happy to see him there, but I also knew we got to take care of business. Like, whatever they do after the game, they can do it. But we have to take care of business. And I wanted to win that game. Like, we needed to win that game after the Minnesota game. So, I wasn't emotional or nothing. I was just happy to see him with the guys again, like, looking like they used to. So, that's just my stance on it. But then again, I'm not really an emotional person. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I heard did the code. Well, see, I'll be the opposite because I'm a crazy emotional person who cries during Google commercials. So seeing okay. him wearing eight just made me feel weird, man. It just didn't. And I was a big Melt fan. He he was one of my top three favorite players on the Grizz last Dang. last season. That that dunk he had on Kevon Looney in the postseason is one of the prettiest things I've ever seen. Where he just mm-hmm. kind of hung in the paint and just smiled, like like <laughs> it. I, I forgot how much I liked him. Granted, he didn't stand a chance of winning that game last night. Like after after coming coming off the loss against Minnesota, we had to whoop that ass last night. Mm-hmm. And so it's he he was he didn't have a good game. He wasn't going to. I liked seeing the little nuances where like I think Steve O like every single one of Steve O's like Steve-O stole the ball from him a couple times where he just like knew where Melt was going to be passing the ball because he played mm-hmm. with him for so long. He was just like mine. And like when Jaw tried to roll the ball up the court there at the end, Melt sniffed it out and was like, hell no, dude. Hell you no. Know, he's, the only, <laughs> he's the only person who this season who has not let him do that. And it's because they played together for so long, you know, like yep. it just, I was in my feels, you know, I, and especially seeing them like, it's like he never left at the end of the game. You know, when you see somebody every day like that, you spend time together, you hang out. It's good to see that they pick right up where it left off. You know, just from like a person standpoint, like a friend standpoint, that 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 did my soul good to see that. 100%. Like, I, it's funny. Nicole said she's not emotional. Luke, you said you you very emotional. I'm probably perfectly in the middle. Like it just depends on what's happening. I could go either way. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't shed a lot more tears in the last couple of years than me getting older than I have in a long time. But uh, yeah, last night it was. It was. I'm with you. Like he was one of my favorite players. Like obviously, Ja is the most exciting. We've never had a superstar like that. And Jaron is this just freako unicorn, you know. Uh, but as far as just likable guys, guys that I'm willing to buy a jersey for, it was Milton. You know what I'm saying? He just was that – for me, I thought he was going to be that glue guy long-term. I thought he was going to be that Tony Allen 2.0. I thought he was going to be that um, – just a guy that keeps everything together. Um, he was an energetic guy that we don't really have, if I'll be honest. Like, we don't really have an energetic guy on the squad no more outside of job. But when he's not going, the team ain't really going. Um, yeah, Dylan, he's emotional. He can do all of that stuff. But I'm just talking about just straight, just – a ball of having a smile on his face and, and no matter what even kill he's happy like 
Yeah, I missed it. I ain't gonna lie to you. So uh, it's a little thing, man, but that smile is so important. Like, like yep. it's they said it so many times on the broadcast, just how infectious it is. But if your boys see you smiling, even if you don't say anything, they're gonna start smiling because you your goofy ass is smiling, you know, like it's just yep. It you're right, we just don't have that's not on the team right now. Yep. Now, do y'all want to know who who my person is? Since that's y'all's person, like Melt was y'all's person, y'all are gonna call me crazy. Who that? Mine is Tyus Jones. I have this utterly weird connection to Tyus Jones. I don't know why. I can't put a finger on it, but he is probably one of my favorite dudes on the team besides our regulars. Like coming off the bench, Tyus is my everything. Let me tell y'all. I will go to war over that one. I don't know why. Maybe it's the fact that he has such a calm demeanor no matter what, and I'm like that, so I can kind of relate to that. But Tyus just brings this really, really calm energy to the court. I mean, everything could be going wrong. And if Tyus comes out with that second unit and he's leading out the ball and orchestrating the offense, it just gets eerily calm and everything just starts flowing. So I love Tyus. I would cry if Tyus left. I'm glad he got his contract. I can see that. And that he's been through some shit too. Like I know, I think his mom had breast cancer. Like he has had to have been like a calm presence. Mm-hmm. I think in his personal life for a lot of people. And that it's like you were saying, Nicole, that shows on the court. Yeah, absolutely. He's extremely calm and humble and he's such a sweetheart. I, I adore Tyus Jones. Tyus, if you hear this, I love you. <laughs> yeah. His, his, his calm demeanor, man. It's, it, again, we got, I feel like again last year to me you could have they could have put that locker room on the Mount Rushmore of NBA locker rooms ever because you had just the perfect mix of guys the perfect mix of personalities that nothing was gonna happen like a, a Golden State situation a Boston situation like a lot of these this just drama stuff that goes on in the NBA you'll never see that happen in the locker room that happened last year and I don't and I, I don't mean to say that like throwing salt at the locker room we got this year because I think we're still in a good spot. We still got 45-year-old Danny Green to come in there as the grandpa and say, hey, y'all sat on down now. Y'all sat down. You know, so <laughs> I think we good. But, yeah, just, man, for them to be that young and to be just on that string together like that, that's that's going to be – I hate they couldn't put it out because, boy, if they could have got a title last year, it, it would have been perfect. Man, um, last year we were talking about Melton and Tyus. I, I, I was – I was convinced. I, I wanted to write the NBA to change the rules. I, I think six man of the year should have been BC, Tyus, and Melton. You should have given it to all three of them last year. Because, like, their chemistry yeah. off the bench and, like, they uh, three guys that just, like, knew what each three was going to do and did exactly yes. what you need a six man to do night in, night out. Like, that, that, they just had a situation that's hard to like replicate. That, um, what was that? Uh, the Clippers a couple years ago when they had Lou Will, Pat Beverly, Montrez, Montrez Harrell. Yeah, like they had the exact same situation. They they were like, look, these three need to be six man of the year because like when they come in, bro, it's a total different game. So I'm with you on yep. that. I'm with you. So um, when he was here, let, let's switch a little bit of gears on, on Melton, like because we know he's not here no longer. But um, just talk about like what, what did y'all on the basketball court? We talked a lot about what, you know, off the court stuff, but on the basketball court, what were some of the things that y'all loved that he did um, that you missed now? And what were some of the things that, okay, I can see why the front office would move away from him and try to look a different direction to add to this bench. Like what, let's talk about some of those things with Milton. Cause I know 
for the most part, everybody loved him. But then in the playoffs, it was a few people that like, hey, he got to go. So how y'all feel about that? I'm like, y'all, like I loved his energy, but I did notice sometimes when the spotlight got brighter and brighter, he did tend to kind of slip off and just fall like non-existent. Like he had no impact in some of those games during the playoffs. And that hurt us in some of those. Like we really needed him and like BC and them to step up. And BC stepped up. He stepped up during the uh, Minnesota series Mm -hmm. by a lot. Him and Desmond basically carried us through that. And then Tyus and Ja kind of carried us through the Golden State one. So like, Melt to me just kind of went non-existent during that Golden State. Like he just didn't have an answer, and like Mister Do Something wasn't doing nothing. So I'm like, I can see why. But I mean, it sucks because we don't have his energy. But I can see why the front office did what they had to do. Yeah, he he's the for me he's the textbook definition of a player that any team would want during the regular season um, when. Things are moving a little bit faster. I think his length, his arms are the lo- that, the longest arms of a dude I've ever seen. I think Tony Allen said that they were he looked like an orangutan because they were going down past his knees. I think he said that on <laughs> Burno a couple years ago. And like when the game's moving so fast and you are putting your arms out and you're deflecting balls, you're blocking balls, you're stealing balls, you're getting rebounds, and you're passing it down the court in transition. Like regular season game moving fast, you can do that. You get to a seven game series in the postseason and you can figure, you can solve him. You solve that matchup after game one. It's, he's just so easy to figure out once you slow the game down and you've got seven games to do so. And it's, it would have been tough going into another postseason, you know, knowing that we were going to be getting that, you know, like, like, cause I don't think we'd been waiting for a while for Melton to show that he was going to do something different in the playoffs. And it just, it hadn't happened. You know, he, arguably one of the most important guys on the squad during the regular season. But right. in terms of just falling off a cliff, like once the postseason got here, he just – he wasn't unplayable, but it, every team had an answer. It for wasn't him. the same. Yeah. And, this, and when, you're in a, when you're making decisions to win, you have to, you, you have to, ship, you have to ship them off. You have to. Yeah. It's, it's kind of – for me, this is my take on it, like – he kind of got a target on his back that I feel like he shouldn't have gotten because you expect him to be more than what he is. Kind of the same as what John Conchar is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we got some fans this year that have, and I'm going to continue to give him his flowers because the amount of money that we're paying him, um, I ain't checked the stats, but he got to be top two. I would say top three at the very least, but it's got to be top two three-point shooting percentage on the team right now. Like them corner threes, them them catch and shoot threes that he's been knocking down with that quick release. I've been confident every time he let it go. Uh, and so, you know, you got some people that are upset that he's not doing more, but John Car John Conchar wasn't brought here to do more than what he's doing. Now, if you get more out of that, then great. But he's the perfect piece to do what he's doing and getting paid to do it. And that was my thing with Milton, like. When he came in, we didn't bring him in to be a creator. We didn't bring him in to – matter of fact, I think his three-point percentage wasn't even that great when we brought him in from Phoenix in that trade with Josh Jackson. But it was the other stuff that the front front office saw that was like, okay, we can use this. And I think he was really instrumental. Like, people talk about Dylan, but I think Melton should get just as much 
praised for being that bridge between grid and grind and grid's next gen because of the way that he played. He got in the mud. He got those balls, the 50-50 balls, the balls on the ground. He was, you know, tearing up the passing lanes all the time. And so um, do I think he is the missing piece to us getting the championship? Eh, it's, to, it's to be seen. We'll see. But um, if he could have just brought a little bit more in the playoffs, I do agree. Like, like where where did he go? You know what I'm saying? Like, even his defensive intensity wasn't there the same in that go State series. Um, and so, you know, and, 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 that, and the size difference between us and them wasn't that, that great like it could have been uh, in the Minnesota series. So you definitely would have thought it would have been better. I'm okay with a player not having one good series, maybe even two if we're talking about over a two or three-year span. But when you just haven't had a good one, period, it's – I understand the politics, but I do think if you bring back – this is my personal thing. I do think if you bring back a Tyus Jones, a D-Mill, a upgraded Zaire Williams, B.C. as he is, and an upgraded Santi Aldama, I do believe that's a top two bench in the whole NBA, um, especially if Zaire comes back as a creator on the ball, and we're not even talking about what he does off the ball, but if you got that creator with a De'Anthony Milton and a Tyus and a BC catching lobs and Santi doing everything on the floor, I would have loved to see that one more year. That's my only thing. And that brings me to just the last point on D'Mel. We're going to move on. Um, but he was traded for – people say Danny Green. Danny Green was not what we were looking for. We were looking for that pick. And with that pick, we drafted David Roddy. And so – just comparing the two play styles, what they bring to the court, do y'all think in the long run, and when I say long run, I'm talking about this year. I'm not talking about two, three years down the line because David Roddy could be super amazing, you know, down the line two, three years from now. But right now, if we're talking about competing for a championship this year, from what y'all have seen so far with D-Rod versus what we have seen with D'Anthony Melton, which one do y'all think, or which one are y'all more confident with uh, for us to compete uh, for a championship this year. So I, I don't actually view it as we traded Melton for Roddy. I think that we traded Melton to give Jitty more minutes. Um, mm. I, I think it's something that we've done. Like we traded Grayson Allen away because he was going to need more money. And we had Bain on a rookie deal who needed more minutes. Melton was going to need more money. We had Jitty that we just signed to like $6 million a year who was making, for comparison, he's making over 40% of his threes when last season Melton was making 35% and they're averaging about the same amount of attempts. You know, I, I just think that mm. the, the, I think Kleiman saw we've got, I mean, Pete called him Mr. Do something 2.0. We've already got him on the roster. Mm. Um, sure. We can, we can get a rookie in, you know, we, we got a couple of rookies. Maybe one of them will turn out. Okay. But I viewed the trade as getting Melton out. So Jitty could get more minutes. That's that's yeah. how I looked at it. And I mean, in, in that it's tough because Jitty has started so much right now. Like I'm a big Jitty fan. I think the dude when he starts, he's very close to a walking double double. But, you know, if he's making about the same amount of attempts and shooting it at a better rate, he's getting more rebounds than Melton was. You know, it's he's not quite the character that Melton was, you know, like he doesn't inspire the same amount of like hell yeah, that Melton did, but yeah, he kind of does everything else at a cheaper rate. Like, uh, I'm like Luke. I think that he was traded to give guys like Conch more minutes, but one thing I absolutely love about David Roddy that I've been noticing that's different from Melt is that he plays defense with his feet, not his hands. He doesn't get handsy. He gets body on body. 
but he doesn't get handsy and he consistently stays with his man. And that is what we needed. We have handsy defenders in Jaron and Dylan. I mean, even Ty is sometimes. And Ja is growing into that, and so is Desmond Bain. So we needed a dude who could keep up with their feet and be a feet type of defender. And we have that now in David Roddy. And his his development with Tyus is, is absolutely beautiful on that second unit. I noticed last night, I preached on this in the Grizzly spaces, um, last night and this morning, that Tyus Jones let that shot clock run down to 10 seconds last night. So he could orchestrate David Roddy perfectly into that deep corner where he knows he can hit that three. All he did was one bounce pass. David Roddy off the dribble, put it in. Boom. Beautiful. That is what we're going to get with David Roddy. Once he gets these connections laid down, you're going to get production on both ends of the floor, especially once he learns from these mistakes, which the veterans are helping them do that. Taylor Jenkins did say that. Yeah. Uh, he's getting better for sure, um, especially these last two games. Now, that first that first half against Minnesota, and he was back home. I think they said he had 45 family, men- fam- no, family members and friends in the crowd. I was like, oh, okay, that got to him because he was – he looked terrible that playing, first half, y'all. <laughs> playing like a big boy. He's playing like a big boy that second second half. Yeah, that second half he came out. I don't know if his mama sent him a ticket and said, boy, you better chill out. We got all these people here watching you. <laughs> but he, he definitely turned it up uh, that second half to redeem himself. And then um, last game he, he was a lot better. My only thing I guess that I missed – uh, and I guess it just depends on which one you value more. Uh, to your point, Nicole, you were talking about uh, Roddy using his feet. I feel like Melton using his hands a lot more um, is what caused a lot of those turnovers to be created last year, which led to a lot of fa- uh, fast break for our team. And that was one thing. And granted, I know the um, the refs played a big role in that Minnesota game just as far as slowing it down. They caused so many fouls. Like, I – for a minute, I had to walk away because I'm like, bro, this game is so slow. This is not what we excel at, you know, not getting fast breaks. But I think that's what, you know, part of the excitement that came from our team last year was those, you know, those turnovers that we was able to cause and get on the break. I don't see it as much this year. And, again, I know Kyle's not here either, so that's part of it. But um, I guess it just depends on which one you value more. And, again, we only bought 22 games into the season, so um, – It'll be a lot more development, a lot more chemistry that we see down the road. But um, we'll get off of Mel because he ain't even on the team no more. We gave him a lot of time. But <laughs> I think Roddy getting these minutes off the bench specifically with Tyus is doing mm-hmm. wonders for the dude's confidence, though, because, you know, they know each other. And it's like Nicole was saying, Tyus is doing yeah. everything in his power to specifically set Roddy up a lot. Yeah. And I think it's helping, you know, like I, I'm. I've been on this podcast on Twitter. I'm a big LaRavia stand. I like, I, I think LaRavia is the better basketball player long-term, but mm-hmm. he, the fact that LaRavia is not playing right now is really hurting him because Roddy is getting the minutes. He's, and, and neither one of them are going to be playing when our team's healthy. That's the thing. Like they're going to be our mm-hmm. 11th and 12th guys. So like the fact that he's able to capitalize on these minutes is huge. And that was a big topic in the, in the space last night was um, who's going to be the Zaire of this team this year? Who's going to be the one that, as the games progress between LaRavia and Roddy, who's going to be the one that maybe starts off slow and then, you know, bounces back and turns to a whole different player? 
I just don't think they're going to play. Like, I mean, like they're going to be coming in when Tillman normally comes in, when we're blowing people out or when we're getting blown out. They're going to come in the last four minutes. Like, you know, like once everybody's healthy, because you'll have Bain, Dylan, Ja, Jaron, Stevo, Jitty, Santi, Tyus, Z, BC. Yeah. Like, you know, like good luck getting minutes. I I'm just saying for laughing, bro. When you said Tillman, <laughs> I don't know. I guess because we ain't seen him play in so long. I forgot that name. Like, I ain't heard that name in so long. My you bad. Just not forgot he was on the – man, I saw him last night. He was he was dressed out wearing that those those dope little little uh, things they put on your jerseys. And I was like, oh, uh, shit, man, he's he's still here. <laughs> he's still here. And he jumping up. Like, he's celebrating his team, but it's just, dang, bro. Yeah, I mean, he's mobbing him. Him. He's there at the post-game interview every single time. He's active, but it's just like – are you are you the mascot? Like you, you gotta contribute on the court, brother. Like I get you, I get we like you here, but come on. They gonna hire him for the, the next Grizz, man. He's gonna be the next mascot. He's gonna be in a Grizz uniform. Is he the vet? Is he the vet on the team? Hey, you would think so. You think he'd be you done as has them the way they treat them, but it is what it is. <laughs> but that's a, a good segue into our next topic. Uh talking about Nicole's boo coming back. Miss Bain over here. Uh, we got Desmond Bain and we got Zaire Williams. Um, they returning soon. We don't have an exact date, but like she talked about in the news, um, next week, uh, this coming week or this week, as you hear this, um, they're going to be reevaluating both of them guys, and we should have them back soon. Um, so, one, we – every Grizz fan is super excited. And, Luke, you broke down just what those uh, lineups could look like, you know, when, when they do come back. Um, reintegrating them into the team is going to definitely take some time because you are moving people that are getting normal minutes out. Um, you're moving them either out of the rotation or you're moving them back into a role that they were actually supposed to be playing, which is going to probably cut down minutes. So what do y'all just just talk about what y'all think that's going to look like, how that's going to affect the team, how long y'all think that may take? Yeah, let's start there. Let's start there. So I think personally that the way Taylor Jenkins has – improved on his rotations and his lineups that it won't take very long. I give it maybe seven, eight games, not even that. And they'll probably be in, in a synced out rotation. If nobody gets injured, I Mm -hmm. am excited to see Desmond and Z on that second unit together with Tyus and Roddy Mm -hmm. and maybe a John Contra or a Santi Aldama sprinkled in there. Maybe a little Jaron Jackson jr because Jaron's been getting the second unit uh, minutes too, and he's looked beautiful with the second unit because he's been their big man. So Mm -hmm. that's what I'm excited for. And I also want to see Z get some first unit minutes. Um, Y'all are going to be mad at me for when I say this, but I want to see Dylan sat down for a few minutes so Z can start. That's what I want. be mad. I want to see a lot of people listening to this. Um, (laughs) I want to see what Zaire Williams can do when he's put in a first unit lineup with Jaron, Steven, Ja, and Desmond. I want to see what happens. That would be a beautiful experiment that I think would just set things off because he just brings this dynamic energy. The kid knows how to use his body. He knows how to get low. He knows how to go up and catch lobs. He knows how to do corner threes from the art threes. Mm-hmm. He, he even has a, a mid-range and a floater. So it's it's going to be beautiful. So that's what I want to see. I want to see both of them 
uh, get minutes in the second unit. And I want to see Z get some starting time. Yeah. Just before you go real quick, Luke, I said it on the last podcast, when you bring in, you have Ja leading the ship. You got Desmond running on that perimeter, getting open for three, or he's able to create for himself now. You got Jaron turning into a post player, which is the most amazing development of the whole season, even to me, better than Desmond's lead. And then you bring in Zaire that he can create, but you got him as a threat, really just as a lob threat, because them other three, you putting so much pressure on them. How do you guard that? Y'all tell me. He's also you... a lob threat that can drain threes. Like it's exactly. It's... So I'm gonna pass it to you a little bit. Just when when Nicole said that, I had to reiterate that. Like that's that's what I'm most excited about so far. So go ahead. Well, and you both are absolutely right because like the way the organization is talking about Z, he needs mm-hmm. to be starting. You know, like they they clearly he's a prize for them. You know, like mm-hmm. they value him so highly. I, I think that they'll start him out off the bench, but he's clearly the future, uh, the, the three playing the three of the future, you know, like why not do it now? I, yeah. I don't think it's going to be that hard integrating Desmond back in because the guy that's going back to the bench is Jitty, who just seems like the guy that doesn't give a hell what he's doing. He's just happy to be there and yeah. he's going to show up and do his thing no matter what. So I, I think it, the starters will actually kind of click a little bit faster than expected because when Jaron came back, you know, we saw Santi kind of struggle with getting getting used to that bench role when he started the season off, you know, starting. Yeah. And it was a little different from him. I don't think it's going to be hard with Jitty because, I mean, Jitty's so used to spot starting all the time anyway. It, <laughs> it, I just think it's, it's easier for him. Right. And, and I think the signs that Dylan is showing leading the second unit is promising – I mean, if I was the organization, I'd be like, oh, shit, he can leave the second unit. Let's get him down there. You know, like yeah. the fact that he's showing he can do it. Why would you not just pull the trigger and move him to the bench progressively more as the season goes on? You know, because my biggest okay, thing look, was. Can I have a question for you since you bring yeah, that yeah. up. How would a second unit look to y'all if we had Dylan, Tyus, Desmond, Z, and David Roddy? You can't tell me that would not be killer. That would murder that's a, that's a, some other bench units. It's defensive as hell. Yeah, it's defensive as hell. Like, <laughs> but you still got your offense in Desmond Bain, Tyus Jones, and Zaire Williams. The only thing I'd be worried about would be uh, probably rebounding, just because you don't got BC or Odama out there. But I mean, Desmond been doing it. Shoot, you can you can put Jitty in there instead of Roddy, and Jitty can rebound. I mean, yeah. bingo. There are plenty of ways tasty. to do that second unit. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get some more defense. Like if we can get a lockdown defensive second unit, like and just stop these other benches from doing anything, mm-hmm. like that'll be so so helpful. And just letting the boys keep building that lead, keep building that lead, keep building that lead. Like last night, our bench just straight up wiped the floor with their bench. They did. I think it's it's, it's gonna be hard for. Let me not say hard. Taylor Jenkins, he's gonna have a challenge figuring out exactly how he wants these minutes to be distributed because Jaron was the one that came out first last year. And I think Dylan May came out right maybe after him or maybe same time, depending on how long or how the game was going. Um, but this year, you you know, with Jaron being out, when Bain was playing, you was putting Bain out first and bringing him back with that second unit. And it's hard to really – I mean, with the efficiency and the numbers that Bain was putting up with them out there because he's the sole focus of the offense at that point – it's kind of hard to argue going against that because you know that it works. But then at the same time, you got Jaron playing the way that he's playing. 
you bring him out first and you put bring him back to, with the second unit. Ty is right now, I mean, that's an argument on Grizz Twitter is that Ty is one of the only main people that's giving him the ball outside of Dylan uh, in the post. That's a whole nother weapon that you got. So he's going to have to make a decision. Obviously, I don't know if he's going to bring both of them at the same time or bring them both back in at the same time. I think you probably want to definitely stagger, stagger it a little bit. Um, and then, obviously, when you get Josh some rest and bring him back in, now you just got a nuclear bomb out there with all them guys. But uh, I definitely think Z is probably – he needs to be the sixth man. He needs to be the first one off the bench because he's so versatile. It don't matter who you take out first, whether it be Dylan jaron or desmond it don't matter he can fit in either one of those spots um outside of center and point guard and so um he's gonna have a definitely a decision to make and it's gonna take some games to call i know you said seven eight if i had to put a number to bet on it i'm gonna say i'm gonna, I'm gonna put a number i'm gonna put 11 no no we'll see we'll, we'll revisit this topic back when it happens whenever we start to see a click we're gonna see um who who, who was close or whatever but um, when do you think he comes back? When do you think they bring Z back? I know we on that – we got that, that crazy schedule coming up, so I just don't know if – But we got Friday – we Friday night we play the Pistons, um, and then we're off until Monday. I would If he's okay, I would bring him back at home versus the Pistons. I'm with you on that's that. That's what I would do. Yeah, but yeah. If, he's, if he's not ready, then you just wait. But, like, that's that seems like a good – because the, the, the schedule tomorrow and Monday is absurd. Whoever made the schedule for the Grizzlies for the next two days should be shot. It's two games in less than 24 hours practically. It's insane. But yeah. they play Friday, get the weekend break. Only problem is you get the Bucks after the, that next week. But you can do maintenance with them like you was doing with Jaren. Yeah, so. I, I think that's, that's where I would bring him back. If, if he's progressing ahead of schedule, bring him back then. I think he'll be back between the Bucks and the Hawks game, uh, the week of the twelfth, right there. I don't, I don't see any reason to rush him back against the Pistons again. I mean, we proved that we can handle them without him. So, uh, minute restrictions, of course, is going to be a thing. But I think it's either going to be the Hawks or the Bucks, or I don't think we're going to bring him back on an away stint. I don't, I don't think, think we're so going to do that. So if it's not the Hawks or the Bucks, I'm gonna put it uh, the 27th against the Suns, two days after Christmas. Oh, you know he wants to be out there for Christmas, though. You know he wants to play. Oh, yeah. And I think that would be the one away game that they would bring him back for. I think I that would be they don't, the one away game. I hope they don't wait that long because I mean, that's a national TV Christmas Day game, prime time. Get that man some run before you get him out there on a big stage like that. Nicole's idea was awesome. You bring him back between the Hawks and Bucks, he'll get a game against the Bucks, the Thunder, the Nuggets, and the Suns before the Warriors. That's a pretty, pretty, and that's over the course of like two weeks. That's a pretty solid, like, get your feet wet, you know, good competition. You're not going to, you're not going to do high stats, bad team. You know, you're going to actually have to play to win those games. I hope he dunk on Deontay Murray too. Sick of that dude already. <laughs> How many games have they lost since the since the show, since the forehead poke? I don't know. I'm just sick of him. Like dudes that they don't do stuff their whole career, and then they, I don't know. You got with Trey Young, ain't want to start acting tough. That's the wrong dude to start acting tough with. Like the, the only hawk that I liked was Kevin Herter, and they they got rid of him because he was good. So yeah, I don't. I don't the I don't only like one I like is Trey. That's it. Trey's Trey cold. Not by us, <laughs> by the Grizzlies. 
well, the, 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 I guess the last topic of the day, y'all, uh, it's going to be a topic of discussion, especially because of the way that Jaren's playing right now. Uh, it's been a lot of discussion. Obviously, Jaws a lot for being an all-star. It's, I don't think there's nobody that watches NBA basketball that's disputing that. Uh, the biggest thing is going to be is if he starts again this year. But hopefully he gets that fan vote and we make sure that we got 12 in there. Um, the big thing is – going to be is are we going to have three all-stars and obviously we're talking about Desmond and we're talking about Jaren and I know Luke y'all touched on it a little bit on the uh, post-game show last night uh, in regards to just kind of the pathway uh, but we want to kind of open it up and even further that conversation a little bit more uh, for those that may have missed Desmond right now is probably in the west probably even though he's been out for a couple games probably the number two shooting guard in the West right now. I don't think you can throw many other names above him if we're talking about the strict shooting guard position outside of Devin Booker that's playing better basketball than him. And if Desmond go out and do 52 points in three quarters, then D-Book, you might have to go ahead and take a back seat, my guy, just because. <laughs> yes. um, but um, between him having just to combat all those other guards, and I think it's mainly just the point guards that he's going to have to go with, um, I put it on the post game last night when y'all were talking. I wish they went back to just positions. We all start voting because when you're talking about front court and back court, like Luca to me, he was drafted as a small forward, but because he played with the ball just like LeBron did his whole career, for whatever reason, we got him in the guard or point guard, you know, spot. And so it makes it kind of congested when you're trying to figure that whole thing out. But De'Aaron Fox is playing well. Um Damian Litter has not been no slaps coming back off an of injury. You got Luca, obviously. You got Steph, obviously. Um, here it's it, it, Doncic, De'Aaron Fox, go. SGA, Damian Lillard, and Ja. SGA and, is the one that I missed. And I'm looking at a list on NBA.com right now, and they out of that eight, they have Desmond Bain listed as number one. Huh? Of the yeah, I'm looking at NBA.com. Here's a quick look at eight guards from the Western Conference that should figure prominently in the mix for the All-Star game. First guy they list is Desmond. Then Devin Booker, then Steph Curry, then Luca, then De'Aaron Fox, then SGA, then Dame, then Ja. Luke, shut up. Desmond over Steph Curry. That's that's the list of and I don't know if this is how they that is the list I'm looking at on, on NBA.com. That is how they rank ago. them. If that's NBA.com, that is how the NBA.com writers rank them. I don't know which one I'm spots. more surprised about, Desmond being number one or Ja being last. What does your little word about Ja say? I mean, they have him eight just because he's not been playing with his full weapons. That's silly. Who wrote this? <laughs> just I mean, because Ja's a lock. Ja's a lock. You know, like. Yeah, like, come on. I think we just knocked off their credibility that fast. You you saying he's he's eight because he ain't been playing with his whole team, but you got Desmond number one, which is basically his partner in crime the whole season outside of the last two weeks. You know, Dejounte Murray and Donovan Mitchell leaving help, but how many guards make it? Five. So five of those eight will make it. It's four locked in for sure because you got the two starting guards and then you got the two reserves. Now, everything after that is going to be just a mix until they get to 12, and then obviously you got uh, injury alternates. If they if they move Luca to the forward, if, if he can start at the forward spot, because that messes things up, and mm-hmm. I just don't think Dame will stay healthy a full season. That makes it a little bit easier to get two Grizz in there. 
but I think I do think Jaron stands the better shot, man. I think he just stand if he keeps playing like this. I just think the numbers are in his favor. Yeah. So I mean, if you're looking at forwards, I guess you can't even look at forwards, but you're talking about front court guys. Rudy Gobert, he's not going to be an All Star this year. He didn't. He got what one rebound against us the other night. Yeah, he's insane. never had a game where he's played that long and had that little rebounds. Yeah, you just off that alone, get him out of here. Um, Cat, he may have, you know, I haven't even been watching him this season. But he's going to get traded. They're going to trade him. <laughs> he's going to be in the mix, you know, obviously just because of the politics behind it. But outside of them too, like who in the West is going to be AD's playing better? I got to give AD his props. Outside of them three, think, Jokic, you got four. Dang, now the more I say it, I'm, I'm, I'm breaking names up. I don't know. I, I still give him an alternate spot. At the very least, I think once the popular vote is done, I think if it's not the coaches, if an injury happens, which is, is bound to happen, I think Dez and Jaron get in. If we can keep winning and if we're like the one of the top three seeds in the West, I feel like we have to send at least more than one all-star. And if they keep playing the way they do, you have to send all three. You just have to. Laurie Markkinen, what, that's a guy that might – you know, I mean, he might go. What's he have? So see, how many? With Laurie, I don't know. I see. I don't know with Laurie because the thing is, like, they started off so hot, and he was looking like the white version of Michael Jordan. Like, it was crazy. He was balling, but now they losing, and so that kind of brings you back to my point I'm about to make about SGA. SGA is putting up crazy numbers, but like, if it's not leading to a winning record, I don't see how you can put him above Desmond Bain. You know what I'm saying? So. I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna be rough, but I do think, like I said, for me, as long as the coaches do what they're supposed to do, just like they messed up Jaron getting defensive defensive player of the year last year, I think that may even be a second year award for him, like they gave Monty Williams the coach of the year award last year, and it should have been TJ. So yeah, I, mm -hmm. as long as they there's keep it up, a lot of, there's gonna be some weird guys. I think. I mean, you might even have someone like Jeremy Grant go as a forward. You know, there's a lot of forwards who just aren't names that are playing really, really well. Mm. And it's it's like, do does Portland stay good? Do, do the Kings stay good? I mean, there's guys on there that you could go. It's just, I think it's going to, some of these teams are going to drop off in terms of winning record. Um, yeah. And I, I just think that's going to play a part in it. I just, it's going to be a weird all-star year, man. A lot of guys move conferences. A lot of guys are just not playing as well. Like, mm -hmm. And the East is going to be stacked. Like, I think the East is going to be tough to vote for, too. I'm glad we don't have to mess with that. Oh, they loaded. <laughs> yeah, man, loaded. The, the East is loaded. And the crazy part is if they, if they do an exp uh, expansion that they're talking about, adding two teams out west with Seattle and Las Vegas, Memphis, and I think New Orleans, we may go East. Yeah, so, oh, Lord. When we finally get three all-star quality players, and y'all want to start talking about moving us. Ain't there some mess? <laughs> Man, we're gonna have to sit through Andrew Wiggins being an all-star again too. You watch a bunch of bull crap. That did not happen. That did not happen. I'm I'm serious. That was that got him paid. Well, I can't say it got him a ring, but it definitely got him paid because he nah. I know he doesn't play for the Timberwolves still, but that's the that's just who I picture. I, I you know I've seen him beat us <laughs> in series, but like I, I, he he soured my opinion on him, man. After so many years in that those Minnesota teams, like it's it's undefendable when he goes to an All Star game and Jaron Jackson Jr. doesn't. Yeah. So last thing on this, y'all. 
uh, I know a little bit, uh, we bet a little bit here and there. You got a million dollar parlay, right? But you have to pick it correctly. Put some pressure on y'all. We know we got one all-star this year. Two or three for the million dollars, what would you say? Now, if you pick this wrong, you don't get a million dollars. So two, it's probably almost guaranteed. But if we go three and it don't happen, you, you lose everything. So if y'all had to choose million-dollar parlay, what y'all going to say? I'm going to say three. Yeah, I, I don't even want to try to be different because I, I think we're going to keep winning, and I think other teams with people in the running are going to lose. I think Dame – I think the Portland, I think they'll hang around. I don't think he will put up numbers, you know, if he stays hurt and if Anthony Simons keeps playing like this, you know, like I see him dropping off. I see, hopefully they move Luca. I see, I see them just sitting SGA. If they keep, if he keeps playing good and they want to tank, you know, they'll just shut him down halfway through the season. And the one that I think for me, it's going to come down between De'Aaron Fox and Desmond Bain. And I, you just put Desmond Bain before Fox. I just, for me, if Fox goes before Bain, I will riot. I, I will go I'll to the right NBA headquarters and I will burn it down. With like, the beam. I'm we'll so use serious. the beam. Yes. <laughs> now, I'm going to try to be objective here, y'all, because I'm with y'all. But at the same time. No, don't do that. I have to because there's no bluffing. We got to keep it honest, right? We got to be honest. I'm being honest when I say three. No, no. I, I'm not saying. Look, I'm not disagreeing because – I'm low-key right there with y'all. My only thing is if it comes down to De'Aaron Fox and Desmond, I hope they're not – I hope that doesn't even be a thing because the problem with it is you usually start to look at how they're leading that team, wins, stuff like that. They just got off, what, an eight, nine win game, uh, game winning streak. Like, and they're, they're, they're a lot better than what they've been in the past. Like Sacramento, I think they said they missed the playoffs for the last 20 years. Like, this is the worst history ever in the NBA. But this year, they're a different team. And he just went toe-to-toe -to -toe with John Morant probably for the first time in his career. Uh, I don't know. It's just uh, – the home in me obviously is going to say Desmond got to get it. I just hope they don't try to put it down in them too. Or I hope Sacramento fall off a cliff like Utah did because – I just know how the NBA does Memphis, man. It's like Cleveland was a, 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 a small market team last year that sent three. And I know Jaren's having a better season than what Jared Allen is or Jared Allen did last year. I'm sorry. So, I mean, if we that's the biggest like that, for me, we deserve it. For me, the bar is Cleveland last year. Like you said, you know, they sent, they won the skills challenge with the three guys they sent. And mm -hmm. uh, like that was, I think Mobley went as a rookie last year, right? Like, if Mobley he was in a skill challenge, I think he didn't go. He was a skill as a, yeah, mm -hmm. I, and I don't know. I just think, and if if you put De'Aaron Fox and Des side by side, even before he was injured, Deadman was just playing better. Like I, I, and we're gonna finish higher than the Kings. Kings are Kings are gonna be good, but I just I don't see De'Aaron Fox sustaining his level of play through a whole season. Personally, mm -hmm. um, I think his his growth has just been a little. When you put his growth next to Desmond's growth, mm -hmm. I know who I'm picking. And I, one of those two players is an all-star and one's not. And so I just think three is what you do. Yeah. Well, we shall see. We shall see. Again, like, yeah, we're going to revisit that too because I hope – I hope. I know they say we're we going to Salt Lake City, which sucks. They don't deserve an all-star game. But God. that's a whole other conversation. 
<laughs> It'll be fun, Nate, getting a little lit, though, and going. That'll be fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know he buying his ticket. We're working at that already, so. Uh, he hates Utah fans. Hates. <laughs> he from Memphis. You can't put a Memphian in Utah, bro. I don't care. No. Like, no it don't I don't know how Connolly that. stayed there that long. Yeah. That's another conversation we're going to have next week. Yeah, we'll, That'll be a little teaser for everybody. We're going to bring up Mike Conley next week on the podcast. Um, but, Luke, we're going to go ahead and move into the player of the week or what you told me. We got players of the week. Players. So I, I thought about picking just a single guy, but after just the top-to-bottom ass-whooping, the nasty game we played against the Timberwolves, <laughs> I was really curious. I wanted to wait to even ponder on who would be a good player of the week until we played last night. And I was so impressed with how the front court responded after, you know, and they, the, Rudy Gobert didn't have a game, you know, but they, they just, they kind of got, they were not themselves on Wednesday. They came out last night and Jack, Jaron had four blocks. Steven Adams had three blocks no you just weren't going to get by them you know like i've never seen a team and a group of guys just take their performance like their lack of production in a game so personally but like last night those dudes came out playing like with a grudge and it, it was a big game you know like last night's one of those games where after you get your ass handed to you by the timberwolves how you respond could decide you know that's going to say a lot about your team and when Joel Embiid is still able to get his points, but it was like he wasn't even there. You, you know, like the, the best, one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time is is just sad Joel hanging from the, the rim as he just got his shot blocked. And that, I felt like I was seeing that all night. And yeah. when, when you got a group of guys that's able to stop a top 10 athlete in the NBA, you, you got to give them their flowers. You got to recognize them. Yeah. He definitely uh, was underwhelming to watch. I, I think this is the first time he played in Memphis since 2018. I almost wish he didn't play because, like, if you ain't going to go – and he he had a great statistical game, but it's like he, was he wasn't even out there. Half. Yeah. He, like, gassed. And and Steven, Steven Adams was just jogging Red. around him, jogging around him. And, and that's like, always been his thing, like, bro. It's his conditioning. He's never been able to get that under control. And Never. And you know, it's it's just you're a professional athlete. Like at some point, you just you you gotta sit down and be like, "Am I gonna take this seriously?" And our guys are, and it's just they need to be recognized for it. Yep. Shout out to that front court. They played a hell of a week. Um, and again, Santi he he continues to prove that he's in the league. He should be in the league, but two that he should be a rotational piece on this team. He got there. I, I mean, so he's a tall version of to do something. Yes, and and to see the aggressiveness that you're getting from Stevo and Jaron, and to match it, it's just that's that's what you want. That's what you want from a young guy. It's just, I think those two guys are doing wonders for Santi's game, and it's yep. it's, I'm I'm very excited to keep tracking his growth. Because I mean, I wrote a piece this summer saying that Santi Aldama was going to be the next Desmond Bain in terms of growth for the Grizzlies, and I I think that's going to happen. Yeah. I, I think that. I think Z's going to be a, good, a really good player for this team, but losing this year is going to hurt him. And yeah. I think I think Santi, by the end of the year, is just going to be like, just solidified himself on this team, you know, moving forward. No questions yeah. asked. 
Yep, for sure. So who you got for Super Saiyan of the week? Well, you know, it was kind of a quiet week, and then I was watching basketball on Thursday night, and the only game on for some reason was Mavericks uh, Detroit. Ugh. And yeah, <laughs> and just not, you know, like, I don't know why the NBA was like, yeah, man, one one game. That sounds good. Let's make it Dallas and Detroit. That People want to watch that. <laughs> but, I, you know, I'll be damned if Killian Hayes just didn't like I, the ghost of Killian Hayes, you know, like Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer. That dude loves Killian Hayes. And mm-hmm. you want to talk about someone that I just forgot was even on the, I just forgot he was in the league, you know, mm-hmm. other than the reminders I get from Verno's pod right. from KOC that he's still in the league. And to see right. someone against Luca, no less, just pull themselves from like obscurity and ball out like right. that, you know, like that's right. just that kind of underdog chip on your shoulder shit. I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm here for that. I'm here for that any day of the week. And especially <laughs> if you can shut Luca down, you know, if you can keep Luca, if you can hand Luca a loss all the more power to you so i I don't know if killian hayes is ever going to have a game like that again but right if you're listening killian you are the super saiyan of the week this week don't ever forget it let's go let's go may have played himself into another contract whether it be in detroit or somewhere else he had how many years has he been in the league four years and one game will get him a contract there you go that's all it take (laughs) someone will sign for the upside But we were just sitting there talking about lighting the beam and uh, Sacramento uh, notification just came through that the Kings fans have taken over the crypto arena against the Lakers and chanting light the beam. Shoot. Is that, are they doing that tonight? Yeah, they playing right now. No, they're, oh, not, they're not playing the Lakers. I'm sorry. They're playing the Clippers. They beating them by 27 points right now. Blowout. Ooh. Man. They on a different type of energy, man. I would love a seven-game series against the Kings. I, I, yeah, I really got to redeem myself. Yeah. Yep. And I, I just, I give me seven games of that kind of basketball, like any day of the week. I'd love that. Yeah. Yeah. And if they want to trade Kevin Herter his way, we'll take him too. I know they won't, but please, please, it's my NBA <laughs> spirit animal. There you go. Red guy, oh. red-haired guy, just shoots corner threes and wears headbands, man. That's my, that's my mo. <laughs> There you go. Well, I know y'all already know the the highlight of the week. It's easy. It came from last night's game against the Philadelphia 76ers. It solidified the game. It closed the game. Got to be block of the year. Got to be one of the best blocks of Jaron Jackson Jr.'s career, uh, career. It was that block on Joel Embiid. And like you said, Luke, he was sitting there looking around like he lost his best friend, like he on the monkey bars and nobody else wanted to play with him. <laughs> Just the most lifeless, energyless being I've ever seen. So uh look at the ref and was like, did that happen? That happened. Yeah. Happened. Yeah, yeah, bro. You got your stuff beat. Beat. And I love that Jaron keeps stuff in bounds. He don't just swat it out into the into the into the stands. He gonna keep it in bounds and we're gonna roll the other way. So shout out to Jaron being and having that highlight of the week this week. Um Black Panther. There you go. There you go. And uh, Nicole, I know you just got the socks in the mail. I'm hating a little bit. I wear a size 10. I don't know what size uh, socks you got, but if you get tired of them, you can send them my way. I have uh, um, Shout out to Ant. He's on uh, Grizzly's Twitter. He uh, sent me those. I had said in a space uh, about a week before 
Black Panther night happened that I wanted those socks. And he had had my address from when he previously sent me one of the lovely towels from round two, game five of our uh, playoff series with Golden State. He sent me one of the towels that says, ain't ducking no smoke. There you go. Um, so he still had my address and he actually swiped me a pair from the game. So shout out to him. That was a lovely surprise. That made my whole week. Yeah, Ant's one of the real ones. Shout out to Ant. He, we need to get him to every home game because we're undefeated at home, the games he goes to, him and his wife. Absolutely. Wow. They are eight of eight. They are eight of eight. They have not lost a game since Ant and his lovely wife have been in the building. Well, shut up, man. That's why you love Grizz Twitter, man. We At the end of the day, we got different opinions on players and certain things, but we stick together. And uh, we can't do nothing but appreciate that. Um, like you talk about in the space, definitely if you listen to this right now, make sure that you tap in every single game afterwards uh, on Twitter to the Grizzly Grindhouse Spaces. Uh, you can find it at Ant Spaces Grizzlies, EJ and the team, Young Harriet. Uh, they do a great job. Uh, Memphis Wilcox, we hope you're feeling better and getting better uh, doing those mm-hmm. after the games. They even do some in, in the mornings as well after the games, uh, as well as hop on over to YouTube to the Grizz 901 podcast. We're doing post-game shows on there um, as well. So, um, And then our last thing, uh, we do have a new podcast coming over to the Grizz 901 Network, uh, Free Basketball with Ryan Meadows. So um, giving you a little bit more in-depth on the NBA as a whole, but still tapping into the Grizzly basketball um, ideology, I guess you could say, uh, how that looks standing-wise and everything like that. So, um, there's a lot of grizzly content that you can reach out to and, and tap into. Also, to, to everybody over there at SBN Grizzlies, a lot of good content over there as well. Again, we're not competing with each other. We're just trying to put out the best grizzly content in, that we can as a whole uh, and feed each other over until the next game. So we, we're grizzly fans, all of us. <laughs> so uh, outside of that, man, we appreciate y'all tapping in another longer episode of the No Buffing Podcast, but I know it's going to help you get over that Monday items you got from the weekend so uh leave us a tweet leave us a review and um we gotta do predictions right predictions see you caught me you caught me you caught me you caught me that's what i'm talking about it's about team over here man so we got four games coming up this week (laughs) we got the pistons tomorrow at the pistons and then we got the heat at home take a couple days off thunder and then we got the pistons before we got a break um so that's the four games for the week I'm gonna pop it off, man. I think we go. I think we go three and one this week. I'm not too sure about the Heat. I think we really could go four and one. Be honest with you, um, but again, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna look at it as a bed man, and I'm gonna say we go three and one. Yeah, I'm gonna say three and one too. Uh, that I keep looking at that Heat game on Monday, and I'm like, that's that's a misprint. There's no way they would have us play Sunday at five and then have to fly back to home and play. Miami at seven the next day, but that's exactly what it is. And Jimmy's back. So I, I could, if we drop a game, that's going to be the one we drop just because it almost feels like they want us to lose that one because of the schedule. Like that's just tough. Um, I think we'll be, we'll win both those Pistons game and that Thunder game. No problem. I think. So for me, I'm going to be the odd woman out and say four and oh. Yeah. We haven't lost at home. We haven't lost at home, and we're not going to start now. Just because the NBA tried to get us with back-to-back and it failed last time. We were away, babes. We're at home this time. 
the energy is different when we're at home, even if it is a Monday or a Tuesday game. It it doesn't matter. Um, I'm not worried about the Pistons. <laughs> Definitely not worried about the Pistons. Not worried about the Thunder. Uh, we controlled the Thunder and SGA. SGA had barely anything against us. So if we do lose one game, it'll be the Heat. But I'm not even going to say we're going to lose that game because we're going to be at home. It's a good point. They're going to get out of bed because that game's at home. And and out of all four of those games, you know, that's that's the only one of those teams that's on their level, you know, even mm-hmm. close. So, like, I, they're, I think they'll ball out. That's an ego game, I feel like, because you – like Miami, I don't care who else coming here and we lose to. Like, you never – whenever you want to – whenever you play Miami because you know they on bully ball type time with Butler and Bam and all the other guys they got, that's a game if anyone else for the rest of the week you want to get up for. You want to bring your best uh, A game. You know, you want to put your best foot forward, and you don't want to let them come punk you, whether you're in Miami or they come into your, your city. So – you make a good point. I, I'm almost landing 4 0 with you, Nicole, because we got to get up for that game. And Steven Adams might actually be resting this next game. So they might be resting him up for the Heat game because he did have that hip uh, injury yesterday and mm-hmm. he said he's feeling a little bit sore. So we might rest him against the Pistons and uh, have him come back against the Heat at home. So that would be a nice, lovely, healthy addition. Yes, ma'am. You're, yes, you're ma'am. right. If we lose any game, it's going to be that first Detroit game just because they rest people. You're right. You know, like that'll. But I don't think true. we can't rest. We can't rest anybody. It's too close in the West. Yeah. I, I feel like after we dropped them two games against Utah, we don't have time to waste no more because then was two games that should have been in the hand. And then you lost the Sacramento game at the end like that. Like those are three games that changed our standing in the West. You don't got time to be sitting here playing the Clippers. Or we're gonna rest out and take games off. You just really don't. Not until we, you know, get a solidified lead on it, on everybody. So, uh, shout out to our uh, people on Twitter that submitted some questions. Uh, I meant to actually shout y'all out because we actually were already talking about those topics. So I hope we answered those questions uh, a little bit uh, specifically what y'all asked. Um, we got Brandon. I'm a man. I'm sorry. I'm gonna just put your Twitter handle at BC. N-W-O-K-E-G-I. I'm sorry. I don't even want to butcher your name, so I'm not going to try to. Uh, but he asked, what do you make of David Roddy's recent play and what do you expect of his role moving forward? We covered that. Um, as well as my boy Marcus Savage, my old classmate over there at Three the Hardaway and Let's Be Real Media. Um, he asked, what is our expectations about Zaire? And, you know, we covered that as well. So uh, appreciate y'all interacting with us and submitting those questions. And um, definitely want to give y'all a shout out for that. Um, so, outside of that, man, that's Brand, pretty much Brandon, it. let us know how to pronounce your name because <laughs> I'm looking yes. at it too, and I don't want to. I don't want to butcher it either. Yes, bro. Please tweet us. Uh, I'm gonna tag you here once we drop this, but please tweet us and just put it out because we want to make sure we give you that respect on the next pod. Because uh, I hate butchering people's names. Like even with my my middle initial was A, and so a lot of times when my stuff is popping up because my first name is Christian and it's too long. The A comes up to it. People will call me Christina, and it pisses me off every time. So I don't like to miss nobody name up because they do it to me. So <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're going to get out of here, man. It was a long pod. Appreciate y'all staying to the end. Like we said, uh, tap into everything else we have on the Grizz 901 Network and everything that we are doing over here to make the best content we can for y'all. We appreciate you, and we'll catch y'all next week. As always, go Grizz. <laughs>